Welcome back to another episode of the Slam podcast. Um, for the second week in a row, we are discussing Ryder Cup captain's picks. Um, it was Zach Johnson's turn last week um, and it was Luke Donald's turn on Monday today. Um, he would have turned some heads. He would have not have surprised some people. Um, but after Robert McIntyre and Matt Fitzpatrick took uh, the last two the last two automatic spots um, at the Amiga European Masters. The first half of the team looks like Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, um, Tyrrell Hatton, Victor Hovland, and those two players I've just said. And then today, uh, Luke Donald chose Ludwig Aberg, who we will certainly discuss in this episode, um, Justin Rose, Shane Lowry, um, Tommy Fleetwood, Sepp Stracker, and Nikolai Hoygaard. So a lot to unpack. Um, I can't remember, Matt, but when we discussed a few weeks ago, who was in? Did you name your European team? I did. I very much did. And I can tell you, I don't think I was anywhere near close, um, to be totally honest. Let's have a look. So, um, no, to be fair, to be fair, I only had one name wrong. No. Um, and that was, I had Victor Perez instead of the emergence of this young Swedish talent that is Ludwig Aberg. Okay. Um, I did have Rasmus, I had Rose, Lowry, Stracker, Fleetwood. Yeah, it was just Victor Perez that I had instead. So yeah. 11 out of 12, not bad. It's not bad for an accumulator. You'd get, no, you'd get some not, money back. Yeah, it's not bad. To be fair, it sounds as though um, Victor Perez probably wasn't in Luke Donald's thoughts at the end of it because he sort of alluded to... Um, in his virtual press conference then that we were both watching, he sort of alluded to the fact that his selection sort of narrowed down to um, a couple of people when watching the golf in Crans, Montana, I mean, Switzerland. And they were probably Ludwig, Nikolai Hoygaard, uh, maybe Yannick Paul, maybe Alexander Bjork, um, and of course, Adrian Moronk. Um, but it was obviously Ludwig and Nikolai Hoygaard that he landed on. Um, those, if we start with the ones that were most contentious, I feel like the other four we can discuss in a minute because um, they were more gimmies, I feel, than the other two that were named that people were probably contending their places. Um, so Ludwig Aberg, I mean, this this lad, he's 23. Um, he's only turned pro this year. Um, he went to Texas Tech um University in America. Um, he was the inaugural PGA Tour U winner. Um, he earned his full PGA Tour card for the remainder of this season and the entirety of next season. And he swept all three National Player of the Year awards in the amateur game. So that was the Ben Hogan, the, Fran- the Fred Haskins and the Jack Nicklaus awards. Um, and he was just he is just the seventh player to accomplish that feat. Um, he leaves Texas Tech University with a number of records, such as the lowest single-season scoring average, the lowest single-season-to-par scoring average, the lowest score versus par, the most single-season victories. He got four um, as now amateur at college. Um, most overall career victories, eight. Most career rounds under par, so 79. So the list goes on um, for Ludwig Aberg. And he entered the professional game this year and he played with Luke Donald at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, as Luke um, alluded to in his press conference there. And he shot a 65, I think, or a 62. Um, I, I apologise if I've misheard him there, but just so it was just birdie after birdie. It was a perfect audition, and that must have put the wheels in motion um, for Aberg to get a pick, pick, mustn't it? Not a bad player. I mean, you, you mentioned the PGA Tour U and, and everything that he, he did through college and... And then, of course, he's just exploded onto the scene. You know, a couple of top tens, I think, on the PGA Tour. John Deere, I think, was the first one where he sort of really came to, to the fore. And then, you know, as, as Luke sort of alluded to, as, as you mentioned, um, the fact he then put his name down to come over to, to the Czech Republic and, and then to, to Cran Montana over the last couple of weeks really showed that he wanted to be in that Ryder Cup team. And at the age of 23, um, yeah, what, what a talent he is and, you know, two years ago, we might have thought, oh, if there's going to be a Swede, it might be the return of Henrik Stenson. And obviously, he was captain at one point. Um, but yeah, uh, the Swedes have another absolutely phenomenal talent um, in Ludwig Eberg. Yeah, I think you make a good point there um, that he was willing to come to 
the European Tour in these last few weeks in play. I think it's a massive point that because that is something that you could definitely um, sort of level at Justin Thomas. I know he didn't qualify for the for the Pellets Cup playoffs, um, but there was nothing stopping him coming to Europe. Um, well, I, I can't imagine there was anything stopping him coming to Europe um, from a from a, um, a rules and um, regulations point of view. I'm sure he'd be he'd, he'd be able to enter and come and play in these events to find some form. Um, I sort of see a few tweets suggesting that. Um, and I quite like the fact that Shane Larry played in Prague last week as well. Matt Fitzpatrick was finding, looking for some form this week and found it, or last week and found it. Also chasing the records set by Seve at that very tournament on the DP World Tour. Um, so I like the fact, I like your point that he came over um, to compete in these events with a view to being in the Ryder Cup team. He clearly still at such a young age um, and such an inexperienced player in the professional game. The Ryder Cup clearly still is fresh in his mind. He's still um, clearly was desperate for a place. And I, I was quite late. to. The, I think we were both late to the, the, the Aberg party, to be fair. Um, Absolutely, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I had my doubts for his inexperience, his world ranking. This was about a month or so ago, but I'm a fully paid up member of the fan party now the, 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 the oh, fan yeah. club now like yeah, you, you can't you can't resent this choice can you no he's gonna lose to victory in rome simple as that really i mean it's all he's got left for the year um you mentioned you know he turned pro in june um which means you know he's had what less than what three full months as a, as a professional not even that um and he's just been incredible i mean realistically i think he, there was there was every chance he was going to be in the in the team anyway before last week at Crancesier but that victory just meant that no one could argue against that choice from from Luke Donald and really it sort of nailed on that fifth selection out of the six we kind of knew who the first four were going to be Eberg sort of made it five from five it was then obviously just who was going to take that that sixth pick and and obviously that's the one that's had a little bit of talk around it as well. But yeah, Ludwig is, is an absolute star of the future. And I think Luke Donald alluded to it. He said, if he didn't make this one, he was going to probably play in the next eight or nine. Um, that says a lot about the talent that this man has. Because um, the likes of Rory, Justin Rose, they're in the team. They've only played six. <clears throat> so it says a lot about what Luke yeah. Donald thinks of Ludwig Aberg as well. Well, I think if you say, yeah, especially if you're saying that this lad is going to play in the next eight or nine, it shows that he's going to be a star. So there's no doubt, there's no doubt in his credentials and his quality, obviously, now. Um, he's only played in the DP World Tour four or five times and he's contended both times. And then he's won this time, beating Matt Fitzpatrick, who's obviously a US Open winner, beating other players like Yannick Paul, um, who wasn't at the top of the leaderboard, obviously, but you had like um, Connor Syme and uh, Nikolai Hoygaard. Eddie Pepper's up there. You know, these are experienced DP World Tour players and he's sort of blown them out of the water um, on one of his only DP World Tour appearances so far. He played with Nicholas Colsarts in the week and Nicholas Colsarts told Sky Sports that Aberg has it on a string from tee to green and his driver is an incredibly powerful weapon. And, he, and you just think, now, I tweeted the other day, like, it's not a question of is he going to be chosen? It's how many sessions is he actually going to play? Marco Simone, because if he if he's got it on his string, which he has, I feel like his swing's very very simple. He keeps it very simple, um, but he's but he finds fairways and has so many birdie opportunities. So he's perfect for four balls and foursomes, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. I I, I would say put him straight out there along with the other American Scandinavian in the team in Victor Hovland. You know, mm. both are in great form. Both have come through the college ranks. Both have that American accent. You know, it's going to be, <laughs> it'll be four Americans basically in that group. Uh, you put yeah. it together. Um, but I think that would be an incredible partnership. Um, I think it really will. Um, you, you probably think that the likes of maybe Rory and Shane will probably play together. You think, you know, maybe the English duos, you know, Fleetwood, Hatton, Fitzpatrick, yeah. you know, p- partner them together. I think Victor and Ludwig could be an absolutely superstar pairing, especially in the form that both of them are in. It's difficult to predict the pairings, isn't it? Because you don't know, they're looking at a lot of data, they're looking at a lot of combinations and statistics, aren't they? Um, you mentioned Fleetwood and Hatton there. I believe they played together at the Hero Cup back in January. So that would be definitely a candidate for a, 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 a pairing option. Um, 
Lowry and Fleetwood, I say, would be one. I think they're quite they're quite a tight they've got quite quite a tight friendship. Yeah, um, I think that would be um, a candidate as well. It'd be interesting to see who Rory gets put with. If you're just off off on a tangent now, if it'd be interesting to see who Rory gets put with because obviously there's no Poulter, there's no Sergio who have been his partners in the past. Um, he's had successful partnerships with it was Thomas Peters as well, I think, in 2016. But obviously, he's not there. Um, so it'd be interesting to see who Rory's paired with as well. Uh, I could see him put alongside someone like Bobby Mack. I think that could yeah. work. Um, obviously, both finished, uh, was it top two? It's the Genesis Scottish Open, of course, at the Renaissance. Um, I think that that could be a you know a partnership that works. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, you mentioned, we were talking about Shane. I think him and Tyrrell Hatton played well at Whistling Straits in obviously what was an absolute you know, absolute drubbing mm. for, for Team Europe. But you, the passion that was on show, and we saw that in some of the VTs uh, that were shown earlier. Um, so those two put together again could be, it could be an angry partnership, but it could be a partnership <laughs> that works well. Yeah, it could be a few snap clubs and a few <laughs> heads, roll, head roll, heads rolling down the fairways. Um, but you've got Aberg there, uh, maybe with Matt Fitzpatrick, perhaps. You know, it's all conjectural, I'm guessing, but two players that are as straight as arrows, the powerful um, they find greens, they find fairways. That's definitely a pairing that could also like. That, 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 that's a pairing that could really wear down any American pair, isn't it? I think as well, especially on a golf course like Marco Simone, which we know is going to be set up to be narrow. You know, it's going to be you're going to need to keep it on a rope, um, and mm. those two do do that. And, and a lot of the European team does that well. Um, so I think that could be a, a real key. If you, yeah, those two would be a good partnership actually. Put them together because they're very similar games, very similar games. Yeah, um, Ludwig appeared on, obviously appeared on uh, Sky Sports earlier to, um, with that too with Luke Donald, um, and he said it's been quite a lot these past these last couple of months, but it's been so exciting. I can't wait. I can't wait for Rome. Um, and then Luke Donald said, we obviously knew what he was doing on the college scene. You look at what he did in, in those four years. The only comparables are really with Victor Hovland and John Rahm, what he was doing. He was We were obviously keeping an eye on him. So it's good that Europe have their own sort of string of young players coming through because that's like the rich group of, there's a rich group of young players in Amer- with the American team um, that, led to such a dominant display in Western Straits, isn't it? The other player um, that is young, is making his debut for Europe, um, is Nikolai Hoygaard, who um, is conveniently a Callaway player, obviously. Um, Callaway um, are the sponsors of this podcast, and Nikolai Hoygaard has played his way onto the European team with a Callaway Paradigm Triple Diamond driver, um, as well as a Callaway Rogue ST Triple Diamond Three Woods. And a full set of Callaway irons, uh, Callaway wedges, Callaway ball, Odyssey Toulon design Chicago putter, everything you could wish to hope for from the Callaway truck. So Nikolai Hoygaards, did you expect him to be chosen, Matt? No, to be mm. honest. I'd agree. Um, I realised I made my mistake earlier in that I said, because obviously I had I had actually had Rasmus in my, in oh, my yeah. team. Um but of course, Rasmus has been injured recently. I think if he hadn't been injured, then there's a good chance he he may have actually made the the team as well. We could have seen both of them in there, um, not for the rise of Ludwig, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, Nikolai's been in great form recently. I mean, his worst finish in the last month or so was, you know, a tied 23rd, and that was at the Open. So, you know, in great form, tied 6th in Scotland, 3rd a couple of weeks ago uh, at the Czech Masters. Tied fifth on Sunday um, at Crantissiere. He's been in great form. Another one that, you know, young, fearless, already won on tour, um, and definitely one for the future. Even if it even if it doesn't go well for him this time, as it as it could be said for quite a few of the, of the picks that we've seen in in Ludwig Aberg and and Sepp Stracker, of course. Um, yeah, plenty. Plenty of promise for the future for for Team Europe. That's for sure. To be fair, I did, when I looked down Nikolai Ho- Hoygaard's uh, stats in the last few weeks and last few days, he did. He has got a better resume than I actually thought he had. He's he's won the Italian Open at Marco Simone, which will obviously help him no end. 
um, at the Ryder Cup. And he's had some very good finishes recently. Um, he came tied fifth last week at the Omega European Masters, which, you know, in the limelight when he needed to, um, he, he, he performed well. And he came third at the D&D Real Check Masters the week before. Again, at crunch time with selections coming up, he performed well. Tied 14th at the Wyndham. Tied 6th at the Genesis Scottish Open, which was a massively strong field just before the Open Championship. Um, if you look back, he came tied 5th again at Marco Simone this year. Second at the Corrales Punta Cana Championship on the PGA Tour. Might have been an opposite field um, um, event, but still, he went over there and performed very well. Nearly won on the PGA Tour. Came tied 5th at the Thailand Classic. Tied 10th at, yeah, at the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship. So, with Nicola Hoygaard, he is—he has got the credentials there, um, and the finishes um, to suggest that he, he he did earn a pick. However, my issue that with this is Ludwig turned out to be a guaranteed pick. Straka, Lowry, Fleetwood, and Rose were always going to be on the teams. That leaves one place, and when you look at the race to Dubai. Um, and you look at the, who's in the rankings. You've got Rahm and McElroy. You, it, I mean, that's like that's like when Liverpool and Man City were getting ninety six points each, isn't it? You, you might as well just discount them and just see who was the best. Yeah, of the rest of you know what I mean? Yeah, they're, they're done. It's like who's yeah. in, who's who's the best in, in Division One? Like yeah, yeah. And yeah. of course, that man is a certain man that has not made this team. Yeah, I think Adrian Moronk has got very unlucky, as we say. There, he's third in the race to Dubai rankings, only behind. John Rahm and Rory McIlroy. Um, and Adrian Moronk, he's the current, he's a reigning champion of the Italian Open, having won it at Marco Simone this year. Um, and I just feel he's second in strokes gained altogether on the DP World Tour this year. He's first from tee to green, I believe. And he's just, he, he's really come on. Like, he's won a variety of courses. He's, he's won the Irish Open at Mount Juliet last year. He won... The um, Australian, the RSPS Hander, Australian Open at Kingston Heath, and another one I want to say Victoria, I think, um, at the end of the candy year of 2022. And I don't know, I just think he'll be, he'll be sat thinking, what else have I got to do to prove to Luke Donald that I need to be on this team? I hope he made he made a couple of double bogeys at the weekend, which might have cost him. That might have cost him because Donald has said. But this weekend, it came down to a few options. So, you know, he hit it in the trees on the 18th on round, end of round two, I think, and that cost him a few shots. And then he made a seven in round three, I think. So it, you'd like to think that just a couple of shots hasn't, haven't cost him, but it might look like, it looks like they have. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is like, as we mentioned, a couple of weeks ago, there was two spots available. And then, of course, as soon as Ludwig Eberg came over and he decides to go mad and win in Switzerland with four birdies in the last five holes, um, it means there's only one place left. And, of course, that means someone had to miss out. Um, I think the problem for, for Adrian Moronk is that, yes, he's third on the race to Dubai, but a lot of that came in the first half of the season, mm. including the win at Marco Simone, which I know sh- I would have probably put him in because of that. Um but obviously, that was I think uh, start of May, mid May. Since then, the form, if you look at the form, Nikolai Hoygaard has been the better player in terms of results and form. And Luke Donald did say on on the the Zoom call that we we were just on with, with obviously a whole host of, of other journalists and, and and media people from around the world. He he mentioned that form was a key factor. Um, and I mean he explained his choices, you know, very astutely and said, obviously, Ludwig Eberg was a sure thing. But he said that Nikolai Hoygaard got him because of his form. Um, he wanted form players, um, which maybe goes against picking someone like a Shane Lowry, who's not in form whatsoever. Um, but, but yeah, I think yes, I think Adrian Martin could feel hard done by. But I think he just needed a couple more results down that stretch. That sort of the last four to six weeks, a couple more top tens, top fives, and I think he'd have been over the line. But it's just that recent form which Nikolai Hoygaard mm. has just then pipped him to the post. And you can't argue with the pick in the way Luke Donald explained it. To be honest, do you ever get the feeling that like 
I don't know, you had Hoygaard Moronk there. And say so say they're a team of say it was thirteen against thirteen, so Moronk probably would have been in. But after that, like for Europe, who who would you have chosen? Like I've on on social media recently, I've sung the praises of Alexander Bjork. Like he statistically, he is a brilliant DP World Tour player, but he's never going to get chosen. Obviously, like he's not like a recognisable name. He's not like he's not been he's not won this year. I don't I don't think. Um, but statistically, he's very good. But my point just then, like beyond those top thirteen, if we including Moronk. You're sort of scraping the barrel a bit with Europe, whereas with America, you could reel off a load of teams, couldn't you? Really, but with Europe, you are sort of. It is. It is. Although I'm, I'm, my optimism has increased recently, um, for Europe to win the Ryder Cup, I do think it will be a good match. But yeah. I don't know. I think Europe are really at their bare bones. It's like it's like a te- It's like a football team who's got eleven brilliant players, and then the bench is dross. I, I feel like it's a bit like that. I mean. Yeah, I mean, if you look down the... So I'm just looking at the Race to Dubai um, rankings and three men we've mentioned, a third, fourth and fifth in Adrian Moronk, Victor Perez and, and Alexander Bjork. We've, all, we've just mentioned mm. them. Um, and then after that, it's... And there's this is no... <laughs> this is no, no harsh... Not trying to not be harsh on, on the, the, the names I'm about to mention, but it's it's used Lowton. Thorbjorn Olsson and then Yannick Paul. And obviously, Thorbjorn Olsson, we know, was in, in Paris in 2018. Had mm. that incredible win against, uh, I think it was Jordan Spieth on, on single Sunday. I think it was five and four. Um, because Yannick Paul has been talked about at the start of the season. Again, like Adrian Moronk, fell off a bit towards the end. Nicholas Ho- uh, Nikolai Hoygaard, sorry, was 15th on the race to Dubai. Um, but his recent form has helped him up. Obviously, his brother Rasmus would definitely have been in with a shout had he not got mm. injured recently. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you say, it, someone like an Adrian Otegi, um, Antoine Rosner, Roman Langask. But yeah, yeah these are not names, are they? Are you that you that you get in your Ryder Cup team that are going to get points? You look at, whereas you look at Lucas Glover, um, Keegan Bradley, Taylor Gooch, Bryson DeChambeau. It's different levels, mm. isn't it? Let's yeah, people like Sahih Figala and um, Akshay Batia, Denny McCarthy. Instance. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, like, I know it's a bit of a tangent again, but like, if you put B team against B team, it's it, it, God. completely different levels. Yeah, yeah completely different. Levels. If you yeah, if you put America's B team against Europe's B team, it'd be twenty eight nil, wouldn't it? Oh, I, I wouldn't go that far. Not not on home <laughs> soil, maybe. Maybe twenty eight. I, I think twenty one seven. I think twenty seven and a half half. <laughs> it could push to a record victory again at following Whistling Straits. Um, and yeah. I think that's the... Of course, as we mentioned this before, the U- Team Europe have obviously lost a lot of that core group, um, both through old age, it's probably not the right way to say it, but in, you know, golfers in the latter stages of their careers, plus obviously the live golf, You know, when we talk about Garcia and Poulter and Westwood and, and Stenson and... and Paul Casey and so on. That's big names you've got to replace. Mm. Um, whereas the Americans haven't really had to, or they have with sort of like DJ mm, yeah, Bryson, to an extent, yeah, to an extent. But then you've got you know, if you Reed. look at the names, yeah, the names that are missing out. You know, I didn't even throw Tony Finau in there, who's played in a couple of you know, yeah. Ryder Cups, won, won this season as well. Um, so yeah, B team against B team. I know it's another tangent, but my God, that would be. Uh, it would be equivalent <laughs> yeah. to Manchester City taking on, no offence to, to Exeter United, but that would be the sort of level, um, mm. you know, and it would be a drubbing. But it's A team against A team. Yeah. And I still think I still think Team Europe will lose, but I don't think it will be anywhere near as bad as what I thought it might have been, say, four or five weeks ago. I think it yeah. will be close. Something you in the 15 or 16 range, I think, will win it for, for the States. Well, that'd make for a good match, wouldn't it? Um, you mentioned the stalwarts there as well. Like They have left a void. Like, no matter, even if they hadn't moved to live golf, I don't think any of them would have been in the team. Perhaps Sergio, perhaps Poulter, if he'd had a half-decent year. But they, they were going to... Vice-captains, though, as well, though, which would also be mm. a, a keeper. Obviously, Henrik Stenson was captain. 
True. That's a good point, isn't it? <laughs> that's a big... And obviously, I'm It'd not be a completely different about... dynamic, wouldn't it? Exactly. And I'm not... So, of course, that's not taking anything away from Luke Donald. Absolutely incredible player. Won all five of the Ryder Cups he played in. Um, you know, world number one. You know, you, the list can go on of what you talk about. Um, mm. But obviously, it's been a... It's been a tumultuous run for Team Europe over the last, let's say, 36 months. Um, you know, Podrig didn't have the best of times going into Whistling Straits, and obviously, it wasn't wasn't you know, team uh, the American team were just much too strong uh, in Wisconsin that week. Um, and then Henrik Stenson took over, and then Henrik Stenson was <laughs> essentially booted out of the removed. job. Yeah. Removed, forcibly, ask, ask re- forcibly leave. removed, forcibly <laughs> removed by security um, from, <laughs> from the position. Um, and I think Luke Donald's come in and he's done exactly what you would expect of Luke Donald. Um, I see a few people choosing Harrington and in the you know, sort of, we've put a lot, a lot of Ryder Cup content out on our socials in the last few weeks. I see a few people piping up and putting Harrington in their picks. Um, yeah, which I found that quite funny. Some pick. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that would <laughs> that have been. been... I, I, to be fair to Harrington, I'd like to see him have, an, have another go at captaincy because they, it, all the players sing the, his praises to the hills about how good he was as a captain, how together he brought the team, um, how yeah. cohesive the team was at Western Straits despite getting battered. Um, but it, th- th- that'd be nice one day, and you know, Europe are going to be short of captains one day, aren't they? Because well, all these players are going to live. Yeah, because you would have. Pulse would have been captain multiple McDowell. times, probably. McDowell would have been. Lee Westwood, Westwood would have been. Henrik, of course, should Maybe have been. Maybe Keimer. Yeah, Garcia would yeah. have been. So you've lost about um, five captains there if we're, if we're led to believe that not going to be involved ever again. So, yeah. so it wouldn't surprise me if Harrington did have another go. Yeah. <laughs> 10 years of captains. Do you think? Um, I, th- I can see the Molinaris. I can see them being mm. captain. Obviously, it would have, would have worked this year <laughs> for, yeah. for, for them as joint captains. Um, but I mean, then you look at. I think it won't be too long before a Justin Rose is captain, of mm. course. Um, mm. And so got a lot to devise captains, I suppose, as well, like Cole Sarts and, um, as you said, the Molinaris and uh, Robert, Ollie's in there. Robert Carlson, Ollie, yeah, Ollie's mm, in there, of course. Not, I'm not sure about him because I, I had the pleasure of interviewing him back in November in Greece, um, and I did sort of ask him if he'd ever give it captaincy another tilt. He sort of said no. If I, I, I said, "Oh, did, did you think your peaks at Medina?" He was like, "Yes, absolutely." <laughs> I don't <laughs> I think, think he wants to tarnish that experience. Yeah, it wasn't just the high of the result; it was the emotional high of the entire week. Of course, wasn't yeah. it for, for him being Spanish and obviously the first one after after Seve had passed away mm. and so on. Um, but you mentioned mm. that obviously I spoke to I spoke to Graham McDowell recently mm. at, at Close House, and he said. That one of the things he he knew he was give, possibly giving up on was a chance to be Ryder Cup captain um, when he left to join Live Golf, um, and he said that that was probably the toughest part of it. He said he knew he was he knew he was going to obviously leave the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour behind and tournaments and, and venues and courses that he loved playing at, but he said that the biggest thing that may have kept him around would have been captaincy in the Ryder Cup, which shows how much it does mean to these players, even if they're not going to be involved anymore. Hmm, certainly. Um, let's get on to the other picks. So maybe going in order of contention, maybe, because there's not much point in going into depth about Tommy Fleetwood, is there? Because he had this an incredible oh, year. <laughs> <laughs> he had an incredible year. Um, if he wasn't chosen, I don't think I'd watch it, let alone, you know, read about it or cover it. Um, well, we know we which Shane Lowry. is going to follow him round. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we had Shane, we had Shane Lowry, um, who... We alluded to earlier in terms of form, um, and on the PGA Tour, let's begin with, how about let's begin with the Honda Classic. He's finished tied fifth there. He almost won that last year, didn't he? Um, which Sepp Strack ended up winning. He came 67th at the Arnold Palmer, outside the top 30 at the match play at the Players, tied 16th at the Masters. He's good at, the, he's good at Augusta, isn't he, to be fair? Tied yeah, 12th it, at the PGA, it, it, tied 16th at the Memorial, tied 20th at the US Open. So, He's got good major performances in there. He probably could have done without missing the cut at the Czech Masters, to be fair. Yeah, it wasn't, especially as that was a, a bit like sort of Aberg and, and a few others. They came over to sort of really stake their claim for a place and Shane didn't, obviously mm. ultimately didn't do that last week. But I think 
when you look at his performance, I think was it three top twenties out of the the four majors? Um, yeah, three in the three cuts he made because I don't think he didn't make the cut at um, Royal Liverpool, did he? No. Um, no. You look at that, and then you look at the passion he brought to Whistling Straits. I mean, he was always going to be picked. He's just he he is a man for the big occasion, um, and the Ryder Cup is of course the biggest of occasions. Um, form is temporary, class is permanent. In the same way that obviously, not much has been said of Shane. In the same way as, as JT for you know for the US team. No, nope. but they are. It's kind of similar. They both missed the playoffs, FedEx Cup playoffs. Both had a chance at the Wyndham Classic. Um, but yeah, I think Shane will come good. Shane will come good. You know, statistically, he he has been solid on the PJ Tour. Twenty um, ninth in strokes gained overall. Thirty third in stroke gains off the tee. Twenty sixth in stroke gains approaching the green. He's not very good at putting. He's outside the top 100 in strokes gained in putting, but he's eighth in total driving, which will definitely help uh, around Marco Simone. Um, 30th in driving accuracy. So statistically, he is very solid. And as you said, like on his on his Ryder Cup debut, um, he is a man for the Ryder Cup, I think. He's got that passion. Um, when he rolled in that putt with Hatton, um, I think it was against Harris English and Tony Finau, he threw his putter to the floor and celebrated with his caddy, you know. I think he gets the Ryder Cup. I, yeah. I, I, I like. I mean, I, I know like you need to need to find good golf while you, while you're playing there, but I think he does get the Ryder Cup. And afterwards, that one he said, I don't know. I'll, I'll be able to go back to be, to playing individual golf because um, he enjoyed the Ryder Cup so much. So I do think that th- th- that was never in doubt. I see uh, some people pop up on our socials and say that um, they wouldn't have chosen Lowry, but you can't like, for example, you can't take Meronk or Bjork or Paul. And leave Lowry home, can you? Like no, that, that's just that be the most unnecessary <laughs> mistake ever. I mean, it's like what Zach Johnson said: you don't leave JT at home. You know, mm. you don't leave Shane Lowry at home. Not for not for the Ryder Cup. It doesn't matter how he's playing. You can't yeah. leave that man at home because he just has something for the big occasion. He really does. He's very up for it, isn't he? Exactly, and I think he's also. You look at him; he just seems to be a great person for the team room as well. You know, mm. he's going to be that sort of man. Even if he's not playing great, he's going to get behind every single member of that team and he's going to spur them on. Um, and like I say, like I said earlier, I think, you know, an Irish partnership of, of him and Rory could be golden um, uh, for Team Europe in, in, in Rome. It seems like, yeah, it seems like he, I don't know, obviously, but it seems like he's friends with quite a few of them. He played with Hatton last last time. Um, he seems quite close with Tommy Fleetwood, quite close with Roy McIlroy. When he beat Roy McIlroy to the BMW PGA title last year at Wentworth, they shared an embrace afterwards um, and a little joke. So um, that would suggest that they're quite close, quite close as well. Um, you've seen him on social videos with Victor Hovland too. So he seems like quite a versatile, quite a versatile um, player in terms of the the pairs format as well. So I think that was a bit of a foregone conclusion. There was no doubt about his selection. There was a bit of there was a bit of um, to and fro from some people about Sepp Stracker, but to me, you know, coming tied second at the Open is no um, is no mean feat. That's a seriously good a seriously good performance. Um, he's twenty third in the world rankings, by the way. You know that is that is very good as well. Tied, he came tied sixth at the Tour Championship, um, which was you know very very impressive. Um, won the John Deere recently, just before he came tied second at the Open. Um, okay, tied tied seventh at the USPGA, um, tied fifth at the Honda, and he lost in a playoff at the Sandson Farms Championship, I believe. Um, so, Sepp Stracker, he's proved himself on the PGA Tour, I think, fully. There's no doubt about that. The thing that people, I think, would throw at him is that he, he can be quite streaky, quite unpredictable. He has missed cuts this year. He missed the cut at the Cadence Bank Houston Open, the RSM Classic. Um, well, mind you, that was the end of the last season. Um, you've got the Abu Dhabi and Dubai events in the start of the year. He missed a cut at, missed a cut at the Heritage, missed a cut at the Wells Fargo, missed a cut at the US Open, missed a cut at the 3M Open. So what I'm getting at is he's quite streaky, I think. But this is not a stroke play tournament, is it? It's match play, the Ryder Cup. So if he gets a double bogey or a bogey, you know, he's not going three shots behind, four shots behind. He's going. He's losing one hole in yeah. singles, and then in the in the pairs, he's got a partner with him. So I think this is a exciting pick for Luke Donald to make. 
Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think we both spoke to him while we were at the uh, the Open Championship. And he seems like, a, an, again, another just solid bloke, which is what sort mm. of Team Europe's always been built on, hasn't it? You know what I mean? It's And he's another of that sort of, along with Victor and Ludwig, that sort of the European that's been brought up in the States and has gone to college there and, and so on. And he... he Again, a game for the the big time. You know, this has sort of been a breakout season for him. You mentioned that win at the John Deere, two top tens in the majors, including tied runner up at the Open. Um, you know, which in in a non Brian Harmon world would have been probably a winning score anywhere. You know, uh, that week. Yeah, another another solid pick, another really solid pick. And you mentioned it; he's in good form. Obviously, he only just snuck into the Tour Championship. Like finished mm, tied fourteenth, tied fourteenth in the end, but the sixth best aggregate score over the week. Um, sorry, to par. Sorry, not including, of course, the the Tour Championships funky little setup that mm. it's got going on with its its scoring system. Because of course, he started off at level par, ten shots behind. Um, so again, also in good form, um, and another solid pick. And of course, only the second Austrian as well. Um, two Ryder Cups in a row, we've had an Austrian in the European team. Um, oh, of course, Bernd Wiesberger. Bernd Wiesberger, of course, yeah. Um, so, yeah, <clears throat> good for Austrian golf as well, of course. Two straight Ryder Cups with with a, with a player for, for, for that nation. Um, and again, yeah, I think a very solid pick. Um, having And also he knows a lot of the Americans, having been playing on the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. Um, so he can... You know, help with that. But I mean, obviously, everyone knows all about the Americans. That's not really a, <laughs> it's not really a selling point <laughs> these days. Um, but yeah, I think a very solid pick. Definitely a good man for this uh, for this European Ryder Cup team for sure. Mm-hmm. Another exciting pick that I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, I'm excited seeing Justin Rose back in the Ryder Cup team. Um, wasn't to be for him in 2021. He didn't play, but he played in 2018. 2016, 2014, 2012, 2008. Um, and now he's back for his, I mean, is that add up to six? I think six, his sixth appearances will be. Um, former world number one, former US Open champion. We all know about Justin Rose. And he has definitely earned it this year. He won the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am to, you know, to, to, to make to remind everyone that he's still he's still a major player in world golf. Um, he followed that up a few weeks later with a tied sixth at the Players' Championship. Tied ninth at the USPGA, eighth at Canadian Open, came over to the Betfred British Masters um, and came tied fourth. Um, his recent form isn't great. He came tied 20th and tied 22nd at the two first, the first two FedEx Cup playoff events, which were obviously limited field events. And before that, he missed a cut at the Open, missed a cut at the Scottish Open. So his current form would be an issue, I think. However, he's an experienced Ryder Cup player. And I think, again, I think he'd be versatile. And with picks, maybe he's someone that could be put with Aberg or Hoygaard, maybe. Yeah, as a sort of, he's gonna he's gonna hate me for saying this, but old and young sort of partnership. <laughs> yeah, um, experienced and inexperienced. Let's go with. I apologise, Justin. Um, but yeah, I mean, you mentioned that win at um at Pebble Beach earlier on the on in the year. So I was looking at this actually, and obviously everything everyone was talking about. You know, when Ricky won for the first time in four years and how big it was. There was nothing like that for for Rosie's win at, at Pebble Beach, and that was his first win in four years um, mm. across both tours, DP World Tour and PGA Tour. So it was good for him to 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 be back. I think he also loves playing with Justin Timberlake. Uh, he always seems to, <laughs> they always seem to partner up with each other at the at the, at the pro am, and, and then obviously, of course, I think at the Alfred Dunnell Links, where they might be the week after <laughs> the Ryder Cup as well. Um, but yeah, it's good to see him back. He himself admitted that he his form you know, turned upwards in 2021 a bit late for the Ryder Cup. Mm. Um, you know, it was right at the death were his exact words. Um, but yeah, I mean, what you can't argue against what he's done in the Ryder Cup. You know, everyone remembers that two winning 17 and 18 on single Sunday at Medina against Phil. Of course. Um, of course, his partnerships with Stenson and so on in, in foursomes and four balls across the, over the years. Of course, that continued into Paris as well. Um, just a, a true Ryder Cup man, a true Ryder mm. Cup European hero. Um, and he's going to hope he can do the same again this year, as he has done in five previous editions. He's spoken a lot about how we use the Ryder Cup as motivation this year as well. Um, that spurred him on to winning at Pebble Beach earlier in the season. And um, 
maybe we could see him paired back with John Rahm again as they were in 2018 on John Rahm's debut. Um, as John Rahm will be looking for a partner now after Sergio's, you know, banishment from the Ryder Cup now. Um, but yeah, as I say, Rose used the motivation of getting into the team. Um, and he's really have a real upturn in form. I'm really excited to see him back. Um, I feel like he's quite a calm figure in the in the locker room for Europe. Um, would have played with Luke Donald, of course, um, at various other Ryder Cups, or would he? Maybe not. Yeah, Medina. Oh, 2012. Yeah, yeah. Don't know if they'd have played. Together. Be... I can't remember if they played together, but they definitely were in the same team. Yeah. In the same team, that's what I mean. I don't think they would have done it any others because I don't think Donald wasn't in the 2014 one. I don't think. No. No, Medina was Medina was his last. Uh, Luke Donald. Yeah. Um, 2008. Did Justin not play in 2008? He did, but I don't think Donald did. Ooh. But they are good friends. Um, you yeah, know, they're good friends. They've they've grown up pretty much together, playing together. You know, both at a similar age. Mm. Both, as we mentioned, world number ones. Um, so yeah, I think he'll look to to Rosie to sort of he'll look to Rosie and to to Rory and to maybe even like a Shane Lowry to to lead the troops. Yeah. Rory and Rose for sure. You know, both at six six Ryder Cup. I think you put them two together, and it's more than yeah. the rest of them, more than the other ten have got combined. Um, but he'll Certainly. look to those two to lead, and, and Justin Rose will be sort of like a player manager as such on the field, you know, um, and. It, this could also be, it also be like a, a good little segue for Rosie, I think, into vice captaincy and then captaincy in the future. He'll he'll look at Justin and see, uh, he'll look at Luke Donald, sorry, and, and see how it goes and, and see what he can learn. And he's he says he's always learning, and you know this will be uh, another opportunity for him to to help with him his own you know goals of Ryder Cup captaincy moving forward as well. Mm. It's been it's been both gut wrenching and brilliant to watch Tommy Fleetwood play golf this year. Um, he's he's probably easily my favourite player, um, and he lost in that playoff at the Canadian Open. Um, it was just written in the stars for Dick Taylor to win that. I feel with that massive long hole putt in the playoff, just gutting, and then tied sixth at the Scottish Open, tied tenth at the Open. That should have been a bit better, to be fair. He shouldn't he shouldn't have come tied tenth at that. Tied third at the FedEx St Jude. I thought you might have won that, but obviously Lucas Glover tried decided to swoop in at forty three years old and win that. Um, tied fifth at the US Open after shooting yet another 63 uh, tied fifth at the Wells Fargo tied third at the Valspar so how Tommy Fleetwood hasn't won the, on the on the PJ Tour yet stumps me but he's a as Donald called him today he's, he's an absolute flusher he swings it so well and he, he is you know you would rely on him to be getting a few points here and to frustrate the Americans I think absolutely absolutely and of course I think as well, obviously the Italian crowd will be behind Team Europe anyway. But ha- after what he did with Francesco Molinari in 2018, they'll be behind him even more as well. Um, mm. He'll have big crowds following. I mean, there'll be big crowds, of course, all week, as there always is at the Ryder Cup. But he'll have big crowds following him, especially the home fans, because of that partnership he and he and Frankie had. So, you know, so much so to the fact he named his son after him. Um, exactly. So, you know, it says a lot about their their friendship. Um, but yeah, Tommy, it's just there just seems to be that little thing when it comes to stroke play events on the PGA Tour. He just seems to he can't seem to quite get the job done on Sunday afternoons. Um, but when it comes to you know the Ryder Cup and match play, he's a different beast. Um, four for four, of course, with Frankie um, in Paris, and he'll be looking for a, for a partner to do the same again this time round in Rome. Yeah, well, I think a lot of his game might suit this course in Rome. Um, just in general, he's, he's fifth from strokes gained on PJ Tour um, and fifth in scrambling, which is a, ra- a rather frustrating um, like trait if you're playing against someone in match play and they're scrambling everywhere and anywhere, getting up and down, getting out bunkers and getting putts, holding putts for birdies for pars. You know, that is very frustrating for, the, for an opponent. So Tommy Fleetwood, um, I'd say... He has statistics and traits that definitely um, suit match play. Um, he's 20th in sand saving. He's 8th in putting average, 3rd in one putt percentage, 11th in scoring average on the PJ Tour. So I think with Tommy Fleetwood, he's an obvious pick, 
um, from his results, but also just there where I've sort of just reeled off a few of his statistics. He's certainly one that suits match play. I think he loves it too. He absolutely loved it in France when him and Molinari were dominating. He, he joined in with the fans, didn't he? Um, and last time was a tough was a tough Ryder Cup for all those players. Um, but he is someone who is probably, as we've alluded to, can be paired up with multiple players, Hatton, Lowry, maybe Victor Hovland again. I think they those two paired up together in, in at Wishing Straits. Um, yes, they did, yeah. But I think Tommy Fleetwood's like a... Be his third Ryder Cup. That might not that doesn't suggest he's experienced, but he is, isn't he? Oh yeah, without that, and compared to this team as well, he's experienced. Mm. Um you look at them, I think it's so it's it's Rams third, twenty eighteen, twenty twenty one, twenty twenty three, same as Fleetwood. Mm. It's Fitzy's third. Um Hatton's third. Um so yeah. there's sort of that mid that there's sort of that middle ground of sort of two or three Ryder Cups. Of course, you know, behind Rory and Rose, who've both got six. And then you've got the rookies as well. So it is quite, you could argue it's both experienced and inexperienced in a way, if, if that makes sense. That if, you, yeah. if you take away Rory and Justin Rose, that, you know, there's not many Ryder Cups left between the, the other 10 players. Um, but those experiences from 18 and 21 will help both Tommy, both John Rahm, Terrell Hatton. Yeah. Um, obviously, Fitzpatrick has had his quarrels with the Ryder Cup. You know, two appearances, he's not scored a point yet. Um, he'll be hoping for more this time. That's embarrassing, isn't it? That is proper embarrassing. I think five matches, I think he's played, not scored a point. I mean, admittedly, whistling straights, we could sort of kind of forgive that. He's not played at home yet, to be fair, either. But still, the Hazel team last time, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, in yeah. 16, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think, I think five matches, no points, but. Um, he's a better golfer now than he was then, anyway. Um, yeah, but yeah, this te- I think this European team's got legs. Maybe not for this Ryder Cup, but certainly for for the future. Um, mm. There's definite options there as well for the future. I'm looking forward to it now. Well, I was looking forward to it anyway, but I'm looking forward to it now just because you know I, I think Europe's team has a much bigger, out- better outlook than we than we thought it did. Um, a few months ago, and especially we've alluded to the American team sort of being having a completely different makeup as we expected to have with these out the blue major champions in Brian Harmon and Wyndham Clark. Um, and you know, I mean, Ludwig is a wild card in himself. Like, how where has he come from? I mean, a lot of people who saw him first in college in the college golf game would be able to tell us where he come from, but for for for, for most of us, he's come out the blue and really provided Europe with a massive threat and someone who could pick up so many points um, and steps trackers come on leaps and bounds um, and Hoygaard's an impressive player. So I think, it, I, I, and with a home advantage as well, I think, you know, I don't think you can call it in my opinion. I st- as much as I want to be on that same, but I still think the Americans are just going to be too strong, just, just mm. to a man. To a man, I think they're too strong. I think it could be um, we could see Europe do well in the pairs format um, over the first mm. couple of days. But I think if it's close, get into the singles. I'd back the Americans all day long. I think man against man. I think they're just you know, if you go twelve by twelve and you list them off in terms of world ranking and so on, you know you could put up Scotty Scheffler against you know Rory or John Rahm or Victor Hovland as as that is the top four now. But then after mm-hmm. that, Team Europe does sort of fall away a little bit. Um, and that's where the Americans come in. It's sort of in that middle ground. You know, you've got the likes of Schofle and Cantley and Homer, Morikawa, you know, and so on. And they're taking on Fitzpatrick and Hatton and Fleetwood. I think you'd have to probably look at the Americans ever so slightly as favourites still for me. Like I said, mm-hmm. I think 15, 13, 16, 12. It's not going to be the same drubbing that it was at Whistling Straits, but I do think we're going to see an American win, as much as it pains me to say it. It's an interesting one. I think you've added a bit of realism to the situation there, maybe a bit of bringing us back down to earth there. But I'm encouraged. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and all the speculation is now finished. You know, All the picks have been made. I don't know what we're going to talk about next week. 
hopefully something, hopefully something happens in, in, in the coming weeks. Um, yeah, I've got mean, the Irish Open this week, we'll, so yeah, we'll find something. It's fine, we'll find something. Yeah. Don't worry. We've got the Irish Open this week, um, which has a very strong field. To be fair, for for the for the DP World Tour standards, um, at the K Club. So the Horizon Irish Open. Who have we got in the field? We've got Roy McIlroy, Billy Horschel, Tyrrell Hatton, Shane Lowry, Danny Willett, Mingwoo Lee, Aaron Rye, Vincent Norman, who could be you know could find himself on the next Ryder Cup team in a couple of years' time. So yeah, won the Barbasol. We've got that to look year, forward yeah. to. The K Club, where McIlroy won the Irish Open, didn't he? Yes. Oh s- no, no, fifteen, sixteen. No, no. Sorry, his first appearance was oh seven. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, fifty. It was that three wood, wasn't it, into the final green? Mm. Um, yes, I think it was maybe sixteen. Um, but yeah, of course, a lot of these players, of course, doing the double because then it's the BMW PGA the week after as well. Um, of course, and we know, as you mentioned, obviously Billy Horschel coming over from the states. He's a winner of the BMW PGA um, a couple of years ago, twenty twenty one. So yeah, I mean, it's a big two weeks actually for the for the DP World Tour. Big three weeks, actually, because then it's the Open to yeah. France, of course, at Le Golf National. Um, so a big three weeks for the DP World Tour uh, ahead of the Ryder Cup. And a lot of these players will be trying to just fine-tune their, you know, bits, fine-tune bits and bobs just to get their game in exactly the right shape. Justin Rose mentioned he was going to play at Wentworth next week and probably tune his mental side of the game more towards match play. So we may not see him make the cut, but he may be trying to make different strides mm-hmm. in, in his game, yeah, both see. mentally and, you know. Um but yes, yeah, so it's, it's I say it's a, you know it's a good few weeks coming up. It's always a good few weeks in golf. Um, of course it is. But of course, and then there's the Fortinet Championship as well next week. So we'll see JT mm-hmm. again for the first time in in five weeks. Um, Max Home is a defending champion there, so we'll see him again. Um, and then you never know, we might just see Brooks at Live Golf Chicago in a couple of weeks, the week before the Ryder Cup. Oh, um, well, we will. So that'll be his yeah, so, so yeah, um, we've a few shock window events for DP World Tour coming up, and a few, and a few sort of, you know, a few liveners maybe for the PJ Tour for the American players to get ready for the Ryder Cup as well. So plenty, plenty to look forward to again, um, and we'll be back next week to discuss it all. Um, I've been Matt Shivers. You've been Matt Coles. What's that off? Is that off some? Oh, don't oh, I, comedy show or something? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, let's, you let's, throw me let's, with that let's, reference. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't expecting that. We should have rehearsed this. Yeah, yeah. Let's forget that bit. <laughs> All right. Okay. Cheers, mate. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Pleasure.